Some of the best advice I can give you leading into this brand new year is this year more than ever, build your life according to God's Word. Don't build your life according to inspirational Facebook posts, even though they can fan and inspire us. Build your life according to the truth of God's Word. Build this year, make this year the next layer of the foundation of your life, but, but according to God's Word. Because here's the thing, we taught this last week, God, God doesn't make predictions. When God speaks, it's not a prediction, it's a promise. And so what God has said to us already through His Word, the Bible, needs to be our starting point for building the life that God wants us to, to build. And as much as God does what He says He's going to do, we also need to be aware that God doesn't do things He didn't say He was going to do. And sometimes we can find ourselves shaking our fists at God. How come you didn't do this when it's actually sometimes something He didn't say He was going to do in the first place? He didn't actually put that down, but He did put some things down. So we're going to actually spend the majority of this year teaching about stuff that God has said so that you and I can learn the stuff that God has said, apply the stuff that God has said. And guess what? In doing that, we can experience the life and the results that God has for us, right? Good. Let me give you a little bit of a preview. We put this on our Facebook page yesterday. This is some of the teaching that's uh, coming up this year. God never said that starting today. Uh, January 31, the, uh, we're going to be teaching a series called The Power of the Same, Power of Same. And then, of course, following The Power of Same up with, what else would you follow it up with, but a series called Change. After teaching about same, then we're going to teach about change. See what we did there? It's good, isn't it? Because here's the thing. They're both in the Bible. So our job is to understand not just that there's things that God says that we need to make sure we make the same, and continue doing, we also understand there's some things that God wants us to change. The key is figuring out which one's which. So that's what we're going to do. Genius, huh? This one I'm looking forward to. The church just wants your money. That is going to piss some religious people off, and I love that. We teach some stuff for that reason, just to keep the religious people out and religion out of you. You're so religious. That's meant to be good news. Then we're going to be talking about this message. You know, the message of Jesus, the, the, the incredulity of the message of Jesus isn't just that Jesus claimed to be the Son of God. The incredulity in a lot of people, some people can believe He was the Son of God, but not believe that the message of grace is actually true. You mean to say that Jesus died in my place? You mean to say that Jesus died so I wouldn't have to? You mean to say that Jesus died so that all of the things that I've done wrong, all of my sins are going to be forgiven? wiped clean, forgotten by God, and I can have a brand new start, have a relationship with God, that sounds too good to be true. Well, guess what? It is, but it's true. So there we go. Stand. We're going to look at some lessons from the, the life of David, some things we need to take a stand on, some things we need to take a stand for, some things we need to take a stand against, and I forgot the fourth one. Anyway, it's going to be worth it. You've got to be here to find out. Death to selfie starts with a hashtag. Whoop, whoop. I'm going to look at you this week, Jess Everson, but not mention you by name. Hashtag death to selfie. 
You know, we, we, if you're into social media, you have a profile. You have a Facebook profile, a LinkedIn profile, an Instagram profile. Do you know what? You are not who your Facebook profile says you are. You are not who your LinkedIn profile says you are. You are not who your Instagram profile says you are. You are who Jesus says you are. And we're going to spend some time looking at who Jesus says you are. Death to selfie. Talk about the Jesus profile. Then we're going to talk about a series called Pray. And what that's about is... Okay, anyway, and then, I figured, yeah, all right, and then uh, the counselor, yes, it's spelt with the American spelling, too bad, my American autocorrect, the counselor, you know, uh, there's, there's things that we ask Jesus, which is great, but you also know there's some, thing, there's some things that Jesus asks us, why are you afraid? A whole bunch of questions Jesus asks us, and we're going to unpack some of them. And then that will take us through, well, actually, it will take us through to Christmas next year. Be a great year. So my encouragement to all of us is be here regularly. Commit. Be consistent. Secondly, stretch. This is going to be a year of stretching. It's not going to be all about comfort. It's going to be about stretching and growth which is fantastic, and also invest and invite because it's not just about us. I was sharing with Neil and Tanya Watson last week uh, this, this uh, astonishing fact that there are over 1.5 million apps in the Apple App Store. 1.5 million apps in the Apple App Store, right? 60% of them have never even been downloaded once by a customer. 60% of them have never even been downloaded once by a customer. In other words, 60% of 1.5 million apps are only known to the developers. And unfortunately, that's the story of a lot of churches. The only people that know about the churches, know about the application, are the people on the inside. And that's not the point. That's not the plan. So we've got an incredible opportunity ahead of us to invest and invite and the stuff that God's going to share with us, he's got some more people in mind. So we're going to talk a lot about stuff that God said. But what I thought we'd start with the year with is talk about some stuff that God never said. Because urban myths, old wives' tales, they can get perpetuated very, very easily. For example, who's heard that you can see the Great Wall of China from space? Who's heard that? Who's heard that? Okay. Who thinks it's true? Okay, spoiler, it ain't. It's not true. You know where it came from? Robert Ripley. Name sound familiar? Ripley's Believe It or Not. Do you know when he made that up? 1930s. No one had even been into space by that stage. Gotcha, didn't he? And yet it carries on today in 2015. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Not was the correct answer there. But we sometimes believe stuff because we don't go and check it out. Now, it's... Who cares if you can see it from space? It's still impressive. But, but, but what about stuff that sounds like God might have said and, and we think that maybe we're going to build our lives on that because God doesn't back stuff he didn't say, then we've got a problem. And I want to talk for four Sundays about four proverbs, modern day proverbs that sound spiritual, that sound like they might even be in the Bible. But they're not. 
And actually, I'm pretty sure, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I'd be pretty confident to lay a bit of money down that, that some of you have heard all four of them. I'm not going to throw you under the bus and say whether you believe them, but, but I, I'm pretty confident some of you will, well, I reckon all of you will have heard at least one of them. But I reckon these, these proverbs are so commonplace in, in our modern vernacular that actually some of you may have heard all four of them. This morning... I want to talk around this modern proverb, God wants you to be happy. How would you feel if I told you that that wasn't entirely true? Not happy jam. Now, full disclosure here. To use the title, God wants you to be happy for this week's message, it was a little bit of a stunt, okay? To, to give you a slightly broader context, a slightly more honest context, the, 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 real, the real context of, the, of that proverb is probably more accurately said like this. Above all else, God wants you to be happy. In other words, happiness is God's highest priority. And, and so there's a formula that, that I've come up with that, that, we call, that I call the happiness formula. And this is how you achieve happiness. Happiness equals better possessions. That, that's either better than the ones you've got or better than the ones your neighbor's got, <laughs> or both. Uh, peaceful circumstances plus thrilling experiences plus the right relationship. That's you, babe. Plus a perfect... A, she said she wanted a good day. I'm just front-loading it, man. I'm bound to screw up this afternoon. Uh, the right relationship and a perfect appearance. If we've got all of these things, the formula is set for us to have happiness. However, have you noticed that some people can have most of these things and still find themselves unhappy? This is sarcasm. Okay, if anyone's taking a photo of this to put onto social media, don't put it up going, oh, just look at this incredible thing. No, 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 no. Say, say, say no, uh, uh, Mark Pomery was telling us that don't, anyway, you'll figure it out. Now, now these things aren't bad. They're just not God's best. These things aren't bad. Happiness is not bad, but it's just not God's highest priority. It's not true that above all else, God wants us to be happy. And, and the problem with this, if we believe this, then the logic goes that if I'm happy, I must be in God's will. So therefore, I'm only going to do the stuff that makes me happy. Because if I do stuff or allow myself to be exposed to stuff that, doesn't, that makes me unhappy, I must therefore, when I'm unhappy, be out of God's will. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to build my life around being happy and avoiding being unhappy. So I'm never going to allow myself to be inconvenienced. I'm never going to allow myself any level of discomfort. I'm never, I'm never going to take any risks that might expose me to failure. I'm never going to approach people and, 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 and encourage them in case it embarrasses me because some of those things are going to make me unhappy. And I know that above all else, God wants me to be happy. If I'm happy, I, if I'm, happy I'm in God's will and I don't want to get out of God's will. I want to be in God's will. So I'm only going to do the stuff that makes me happy and never do the stuff that makes me unhappy. That's how the logic goes. It's so simple. 
This following Jesus stuff, it's so simple. Just do the stuff that makes you happy and avoid all the stuff that makes you unhappy. The end. Except it's not true. And the reason I know it's not true is because it's built on. Above all else, God wants you to be happy is built on the premise that God exists to serve us. Now, if I was a um, advertising consultant to a church, uh, I would encourage them to market the heck, promote the heck out of this particular premise, right? Because the essence of, of advertising, I don't know if you know this, probably you do, the essence of advertising isn't to sell the product, or, or in terms of when you're doing the advertising, the, the essence isn't to sell the product, the essence is to sell the benefits. In, uh, in advertising parlance, you, you say, sell the sizzle, not the sausage. Sell the benefits, not the product. So, so, so right now, the shoal petty thing that gets, gets rid of your cracked heels is, is doing the rounds on, on the TV because it's summer and all women, apparently it's only women with cracked heels, women um, are exposing their feet in, in full view. And, uh, and, and if you've got cracked heels, that's offensive. And, um, and you should wear socks. And, um, but you don't want to wear socks because that's not a good look. I'll talk about that later. Um, so Shoal have solved the problem. And they've got this thing. It's like this uh, concrete mixer thing that you hold up and, it, and it's got diamonds and all. I don't know. <laughs> but, but the thing is, the thing is they, what they do is they spend the, the 25 of the 30 seconds of the commercial showing you these chicks with these, they're foot models, I know you know that, with these incredible uh, uh, feet. They even, they even have this one cutaway of a chick in her yoga class leaning forward, bedazzled by her own feet, and she, she, wasn't, she was ignoring the, the yoga instruction because she was too busy transfixed on her own feet. Yeah, that's why you go to yoga class. And the girl next to her leaning over and fell over because she was so transfixed by her feet. Who doesn't want that? So they sell the benefits, not the product. So, so if we want our church to grow like crazy, like, you know, lock the doors, we can't fit anyone else in. All we need to do is go around telling people, you know what, people? God, above all else, just wants you to be happy. And if you come along to Elevate Church, you're going to be taught all about the ways that God just wants you to be happy. And he never wants you to be unhappy. And people will go, wow, that's fantastic. I love that. So we promote that and people come up and they, and they hear that. And, and that's fantastic. Really fantastic. Except when they get to the point in life where they discover that it's a fairy tale. That, 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 that anybody that's going around telling you that if you come to Jesus, he promises no inconvenience, no discomfort, and like all good stories, you'll live happily ever after. Well, yeah, we'll live ever after, but it may not necessarily all be happy this side of heaven. And when people 
who think that that's what God's all about discover that He actually does allow us to be inconvenienced, does allow us discomfort, does allow us to sometimes be unhappy. If we think that that's not the plan, then we can start to believe God's stopped doing His job. And and worst case scenario, some people fire Him from the job. Mate, I ain't going to follow you anymore because that's not what I signed up for. I've been duped. Well, not today you haven't. God's not our butler bringing us what we want, when we want, how we want it. Take it away! I said one sugar, not two. So there's some pitfalls of pursuing happiness as our highest priority. Pursuing happiness as our highest priority can cause us to do something unwise. Now, I stand before you today as an incredibly wise individual. I know you know that. But this was not always the case. The wise individual that stands before you today was, in a previous point in history, very unwise. They were called my teenage years into my early 20s. And uh, around this thing, let's flip to the next slide, Zodwa. Around this idea that pursuit of happiness can cause us to do something unwise, I was sitting around the house during the week thinking, hmm, I probably should share a story to, to emphasize this point. And then I had real struggles because I have so many stories that it was difficult for me to choose one. But here goes. So I was in my early 20s, and I was working as a sales rep for a tobacco company. I know. I said I was unwise. And, uh, and um, part of my territory was uh, some clients in the southern wheat belt area, Corrigan and places I can't even remember, all ended at IN. Um, Narigin, Corrigin, Wagin. Please explain. And uh, so I was in one of, one of the, these towns and I had to go across another town and I said to the local, the last client that I was seeing, uh, how, what's the best way to get to, to this other town, whatever? And he said, well, well, there's two ways. Uh, you can go down the, the highway and, and that way and this way and, you know, but, but the locals, we like to take a shortcut. Tom, you probably know it. We like to take a shortcut, and it takes about uh, half of the distance off the trip. And I'm like, well, that sounds good. I like, you know, no sideways energy. Uh, problem is, it's all gravel. And uh, the locals, we've got four-wheel drives and, and, and a lot of experience. And we don't recommend you try that unless you have a four-wheel drive and lots of experience. Well, I thought to myself, my car's got four wheels. That's four-wheel drive, right? Commodore station wagon with the, the back uh, half loaded up with nicotine. Yeah. And as for the experience thing, how is a person supposed to get experience unless you actually try it, right? So I convinced myself that going the gravel road that only the locals take was going to be the thing that makes me happy. Heck of a plan. Really great plan. Astonishing plan. Right up to the point where I had to reach for my Nokia 9210 push-button handphone to, to call my boss back in Perth and, and ask him if our company had some access to some towing services that could also unpeel Commodore station wagons that are now wrapped 
130 degrees around a tree. He didn't like that too much. He used a lot of adult words. Some of them rhymed with tow truck. Pursuit of happiness can cause us to do, say, it wasn't very wise. I haven't done it again. Pursuit of happiness focuses on short-term pleasure and often overlooks long-term consequences. Again, so many stories, <laughs> so little time. I had a shoplifting habit when I was in my late teens. <laughs> Some of you know that. I'm not, I'm not recommending it, but I'm not, you know. It is what it is, all right? Don't do it. Don't try this at home or at the shops. But, but I did. I was really good at it, really good at it. You start on small stuff, just small stuff. I started on lollies, pinching lollies. I moved from lollies. This was at a deli. No. I moved up from lollies to salted plums at the Coles. I didn't even like them, but it's, well, most of the stuff I flogged, I didn't even need or use. It was, it was just it was the actual act of flogging and getting away with it made me happy. So I did it. So I moved up from salted plums. I, you know, I once, I've said, I've, I, some of you know, I once shoplifted two table tennis bats, which, which would try to fit them down your pants. It's like, it's very, very, they're a very weird shape, the, 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 the table tennis bats. And I didn't, have a, I didn't even have a table tennis table. So, but I had bats. And then, and then my next neighbor and I, we decided we're going to keep, you know, because the, the, the thrill of doing things that are unwise, it, it can often be an escalating thrill. You need to go to new pleasures. That's why often addictive behavior can actually be this, this ever-increasing spiral that gains momentum. And it, I, I just, you know, and, and uh, anyway, uh, this short-term pleasure ignored the long-term consequences that when my next door neighbor and I rode our BMXs over to Midland Gate Shopping Center, uh, wearing, we, we'd bought from the ar army surplus in Midland, um, army pants, khaki, we, we thought that would not, you know, the ones with like, they've got pockets, like pockets, 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 two teenage kids walking into Kmart Midland Gate with, with, with pants, you know, that are like seven sizes too big plus pockets. No one's ever gonna suspect us of shoplifting. And uh, anyway, Having made my getaway through the, uh, you know, you come in, not the checkout, you just come in through the open bit, but then you go back out through the open bit. You don't go through the checkout bit because you, you're not, nothing to check out here. And uh, I got all the way to my BMX uh, before some guy in a white uh, collared shirt, short sleeve, black tie, black pants, tapped me on the shoulder. Uh, is something, it said security on his shirt. Said, uh, uh, young man, mind if I just uh, check if you got anything in those pockets? And I said, uh, <laughs> I don't know what the right answer is here. <laughs> so when I was sitting at the Midland police station, pleading with the officer sometime later, saying, you're not going to call my mum, are you? And he said, no, of course not. And then 10 minutes later, my mum turned up. <laughs> I realized that my pursuit of happiness had been focusing on short-term pleasure. Go back to Robert. And uh, overlooking long-term consequences. You know, we do this. I know the cheesecake shop isn't really on my side, but it makes me happy. I know I shouldn't be purchasing this on my credit card, but I know this will make me happier. 
Focusing on the pursuit of happiness can often focus on short-term pleasure and overlook long-term consequences. And look, here's, here's my third observation, and I think this is the most important one, that the pursuit of happiness means you'll miss the upgrade. Now, before I explain this, let me, let me clarify something. Mark is not saying God wants you to be miserable. Oh, man. January 3, at our live experience at Elevate, everyone's walking around wishing Happy New Year. And then Mark got up and started teaching that God doesn't want us to be happy. He wants us to be miserable. No, I didn't say that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, that at 11.59 and 57 seconds on December 31 every year, God's got the angels gathered around and, and, and three, two, one, miserable new year. I'm not saying that. Okay, I'm not saying God doesn't want you to be happy. I am saying, because who'd want to follow a God like that, right? Miserable. God is not against us being happy. I'm just saying it's not his highest priority. God's highest priority isn't the pursuit of happiness. God's highest priority is the pursuit of him. You got that? I'm going to say it again. God's highest priority isn't our pursuit of happiness. It's our pursuit of Him. Here's what Peter wrote. To roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear. This is a great instruction for the beginning of a new year. Roll up your sleeves. Pete talked about that. Join a team, get busy serving. If you're not serving yet, get off the bench, get in the game. Roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear. God, what do you want me to learn this year? Well, how do you want me to grow? What do you want me to stretch to? What new truths, what new revelations do you have for me this year? How am I going to finish this year better than I started it? Be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrived. I hinted at an upgrade. You might want to remember those words, the gift. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing, Happy things only. You didn't know any better than shoplifting. You didn't know any better than driving on gravel roads with no experience. You didn't know any better then, but you do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life. A life energetic and blazing with holiness. Man, do you read that? Did you read that? A life energetic and blazing with holiness. Doesn't sound churchy. It sounds incredible. God said, I'm holy, you be holy. God's highest priority is in happiness. It's holiness, pursuing Him and allowing Him to transform us into His image and likeness, which is how we were created to be in the first place. Only thing is, we get it wrong in the, in the transition period, and He's trying to get us back to that. Pursue Him and be transformed, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. An upgrade. Be holy 
because God's holy. I'm holy, you be holy. Now, I'm about to land this message. Uh, before I do, let me just explain a couple of things real quickly. God says, I'm holy, you be holy. In my experience, there's three ways to slice and dice that. And there's actually three ways that it gets sliced and diced in a lot of teaching. God says, I'm holy, you be holy. One way to slice and dice that is, what is, is, is to encourage us to, to follow what I call socks and sandals Christianity. Okay, Socks and sandals should never be seen on one's feet at the same time. You understand that? That's in the Bible. God did say that. Jesus just wore sandals, never with socks. Socks and sandals Christianity, socks and sandals holiness says that God's best for us, holiness looks like helping old ladies across the road, never swearing, and saying your prayers at night. Well, that's socks and sandals Christianity. You can call it Boy Scout Christianity. It's not Jesus Christianity. He had something far better than that for us. Another way that this I'm holy, you be holy is called fire and brimstone Christianity. And this is the stuff where some guy with a suit and a wig gets up and starts pounding the, the pulpit, pulpit, bar table, anyone want a cocktail, starts pounding the pulpit and starts telling you, be holy! Because God's holy and you're not and you're scum and you're a sinner. Stop it. God's watching you and so am I and he's not happy and nor am I. And, and it's burdensome. It's, it's guilt provoking. It's, it's like, uh, even if you want that, not sure why you would, you, you just get pounded into submission that you could never have it. So why even bother? Oh, misery. It's not the message. This is an upgrade. Be holy because I'm holy. Let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. It's an upgrade. It's not pressure. It's actually an invitation. It's actually saying there's something even better than happiness. Happiness is good. You can have it, but don't just settle for that. I've got something better. There's an upgrade. There's something more. And you can get it in life with me. You can get it as I transform you. Now, here's the churchy word, blessed. Blessed, one of the ways that that word is translated is more than happy. I mean, you want to settle for just being happy? Sucks to be you because I'm going for being blessed, baby being blessed. Now, being blessed doesn't mean you'll never be uncomfortable. Being blessed doesn't mean you'll never be inconvenienced. Being blessed doesn't mean that God will never stretch you, that you never take risks, that you won't ever fail, that you won't ever lose your job, that you won't ever have a relationship go bad, you won't ever, ever have any health issues. Being blessed doesn't guarantee any of those things won't happen to us. What being blessed means is that 
as and when we do every single moment of life, the good and the bad, the happy, the unhappy, the risks, the rewards, all of that. A blessed life is a life with God. A blessed life is a life knowing Him. A blessed life is a life having His presence when we have poor health issues, having His presence when we lose our job, having His presence when we experience financial challenges, having His presence when He starts to stretch us. Better than happy? Because at all times we know Him. He guarantees us a peace that passes understanding that in the times when we should have, have, have turmoil because our circumstances are tumultuous, that we can actually have a peace and it passes understanding. And you know why it passes understanding? It's because you know the circumstances don't suggest you should have peace, but you've got peace and you don't understand how. And then your friends say, man, I'm looking at your life. Your life looks like it's up the and you look like you've got a great peace. I don't understand how you've got that. You know what? You don't understand because it's a peace that passes understanding. It's better. You just want happiness? Sucks to be you. I'm going for blessed. This is the best I've preached all year. God, we thank you for this year ahead. We thank you that you're calling us forward, that we're not gonna copy and paste. We loved 2015, God, all the good, all the bad, knowing that you were at work in us and through us. And we've seen your church grow. We've seen your kingdom grow. We've seen your people grow, God, in 2015. We know that that's the, that was the 2015 course of bricks and that course has been laid, God. We're, gonna, we're going ahead for the next course this year, the next level, the next layer on, on what you're building here, God. We're open to being used by you, to being one of the bricks that, that you use to build your church. God, we stand up. Hey, you know what? Stand up. How about you stand up? It's an invitation. Please! Let's, let's, let me pray over you and let's make this a prayer of commitment to the year ahead. Who, who wants to have a God-shaped year ahead? I didn't ask you if you want to have a good year, although if it's a God-shaped year, I reckon it's a good year. I'll wish you a happy new year, but I'll also wish you a blessed new year because it's an upgrade. <clears throat> By the way, just the last out, if you want to sit down, I'm going to pray that God might make things uncomfortable for you this year. If you don't want me to pray that over you, Now's your chance to sit down. Pete just dropped his sonnies. I don't know what to think about that. <laughs> He's still standing. He's still standing. Pete's ready to lead off the front foot this year. You watch that guy. You, know, you haven't met him yet. You met the 2015 version. You wait till you meet the 2016 version. Holy smokes. I'm going to have to get T-shirts printed. Meet Pete. <laughs> Hashtag 2016 version. Lord, we stand because we are people that want to be used by you. We are people who declare that your word is true. We're people that know your word is true. And God, this year ahead, we don't know everything about it. And you say that it's not our job to know everything about it. It's not our job to predict. It's not our job to forecast everything. Our job is to follow you in obedience, to follow you closely. And so we stand today as a declaration that we are going to follow you closely, that where you step, we step. Where you call us, we go. We go without understanding. We go, but we go knowing a why before the how. And the why is we want to serve you. We want to see your kingdom grow. We want to see people who don't yet know you come to know you. 
for the first time. We want to see Elevate Church used to reach unchurched and de-churched people, to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus, from kids to youth to 18 to 25s, through to us old farts, all of us, God, that we would be closer to Jesus on December 31, 2016 than we started and that we didn't go on the journey alone. God, for those people that are carrying unanswered prayers from 2015, I pray that they don't lose hope. In fact, that they grow in hope in 2016, whether those are prayers for health issues that haven't been resolved, job career issues that haven't been resolved, financial challenges that have yet to see that breakthrough, God. I pray that, that people don't lose hope and that, as Renati declared from Lamentations, that your tender mercies are new every morning and that there's a fresh hope, a fresh wind of your spirit flowing in hearts and minds and lives that, God, you are the God of, of promise. We stand on your word this year, God. We don't want to just stand on Facebook, pithy, inspo, hashtags. We don't want to just uh, stand on, on preaching and anybody's ideas. We stand on your word, God. What, what you say, what you promise, and build this year on that. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. How about you grab a seat? One more question real quickly, then we'll hand over to Pete to uh, try to pronounce this week's coffee. Uh, one of the best things you can do... Nah, that's a stupid thing to say. The best thing you can do this year, if you haven't already, is made a make a decision to follow Jesus. You want an upgraded life? That's the starting point, my friend. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, right now, we're going to give you that opportunity. In a moment, I want you to put your hand up and say, yep, January 3, 2016, Elevate Church, I am making a decision to follow Jesus. Put your hand up when I see it. You can put it down just quickly right now. If you haven't ever made that decision before, beginning of the year, make the decision to follow Jesus. When I see your hand, you can put it down. Then we're just going to quickly pray. I don't want to miss anybody. And more importantly, I don't want you to miss this opportunity. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, how about you slip your hand up right now?